Hey everybody, welcome to Block Talk. After some technical difficulties that we have finally figured out, I have a, a great guest that I love having on, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a big brother figure of sorts, some would say. Uh, my main man, uh, somebody that's definitely helped me build up the new studio. Uh, don't worry, this background will change, even though that's my squad. And uh, he's helped me out with a lot. We talk a lot off air and stuff like that. But well, go ahead and introduce yourself in case if anybody's new here, they can know who this handsome gentleman is in the red shirt. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's here, welcome for coming on to the show to Block Talk. I love coming on here. Talking with Boogie is like talking to a little brother or, or a younger cousin type figure. Uh, it, it's just crazy all the stuff that we get into and talk about how the synergy or the, wait, not synergy, the... We just match a lot on a lot of things, especially with him being a Sixburg fan. Both of us are from Houston, and it's just crazy. He's like a little 15-year younger version than me. Lighter skin, a little bit of paler, but whatever. You know, He's got that little <laughs> look to him. But I'm Gallo. I'm the yeah. chivalrous chauvinist, and I host Sucias Are My Favorite, where I kind of talk about the same things, but it has more of a kink twist, so a little bit dirtier, but uh, not the way you might think. Yeah. I see, listening to your show, I, every time I recommend because I just recommended it to somebody, right? And I was like, I was like, it's actually a little bit more clinical on some of the episodes, right? Where I was like, it's a little bit more. I was like, if you, if you imagine, I was like, his shit is more refined, or my shit is just like raw. I was like, my shit is like no rubber, just raw as fuck. You know what I mean? It's just whatever the fuck I think it comes out. And you know, what I mean, I tend not to do a lot of editing as far as like when I say dumb shit because I'm like, nah, I want that to be in there, fuck it. But yours is a little bit more refined and fine tuned. It's for the. It's for those with a little better taste from the palate. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been a socio. Oh man, I've been, I've been a socio for a long time, but some of the stuff I've been doing or, or focusing on, like the past twenty years, is yeah, it's it's damn fuck, I'm old. God, hey, I can dig it, man. Anyway, uh, nah, yeah, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong, I've been a nasty motherfucker for a minute, but. <laughs> I think that you're just more well-versed. You make it come out nicer. You know what I mean? To where it, it sounds better, I guess, to, to your audience than to mine. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little more broad. You know, be able to get, reach more people and like, oh, okay, he doesn't sound like a jerk. Okay. You know, not that you sound like a jerk. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm going for like a specific, you know, to not scare people off with all the crazy shit I do. See, and I think that really helps with the kink aspect of it. You know what I mean? But, um, all right, man, let's go ahead and get into today's subject, ladies and gentlemen. Children gather round. Today, we're talking about building a harem. That's right, kids. You yourself could have a harem like a Sudanese king. <laughs> you could, uh... <laughs> if only... Yeah, definitely a little bit more uh, refined. So, guy, why don't you go ahead, brother? Because uh, you, again, you're the yeah. more clinical one. Explain what a harem is. So, for a harem is usually or traditionally would be a king or emperor, some um, some male with a lot of power and influence would have uh, multiple women that he would just kind of have as essentially a bunch of side pieces or side chicks, and he'd be married to one or multiple women, uh, but the harem themselves would be specifically for sexual pleasure, whereas the wives would usually be some sort of uh, political power or alliance to uh, merge lands together. And by being a powerful man, you know, he's got to satiate his uh, sexual appetite with whomever he pleases. And instead of going around just randomly raping women, which would also be within his purview, 
uh, he would just have a harem. And this was mostly more common in the Middle East and Asia, Asiatic countries, which would be basically Middle East through Asia, including uh, the great Mongol king or emperor, sorry, conqueror, Genghis Khan, who was by chance is also the ancestor to, I think, one in three Asians in general. So Yeah, pretty great. Gotta be honest. That man was... Uh... And I was fucking almost as much as he was killing, if only. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah, guys. So, listen, man. Uh, when we talk about building a harem, right, we talk about the way that you should approach dating. So I say it all the time, man. Women, the way that they approach dating is the way that men should approach dating. They use it to where they're like, I have this group of guys. I have five guys that each one is hits something that I like. And then she kind of just sort of starts cutting them off as one sort of starts leading the race. And I think you should do the same thing. Back when I, uh, I myself had my own harem, you know, you would, you would date multiple women. You know what I'm saying? Like anyone that you would meet, you go on a date, you have a good date, you get, you know, you get more acquainted, whatever you go have sex, whatever you do. And you kind of just keep on going. And then the traits that she shows you, you kind of like, I say you put her sort of like in a box. It's kind of like those uh, those nesting dolls. You know what I mean? She starts off as an itty-bitty nesting doll. And then she just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger the more things that she qualifies as. You know what I mean? And then some of them, they get stuck as little itty-bitty nesting dolls that it's like, okay, sexually she's fun. And then you get other ones that it's like, okay, she's respectful. She's uh, She's funny. She does this for me. She helps me with that. You know what I mean? And it just kind of keeps going up and up until you got this one big nesting doll. And then you're like, okay, this is the one that's standing out above the rest. And then you kind of cut back on the other women. Because what most men do is, and guy, you can attest to this. Most men, y'all dating uh, style is fucked up. Y'all find one girl and then you sort of, uh, oh God, what's it called? The, the princess theory where like you meet one girl and in your head, you start imagining all this cute shit that y'all are going to be doing. You start imagining movie nights. And you're turning her into a princess in your head where you're sort of blowing her up for not doing shit. And then she leaves because, you know, she goes to you because she, you know, she met Guy or she met Boogie or something like that. So, she, you know, she obviously upgraded. No, I'm playing. But <laughs> she, she found somebody else that she finds more suitable. And then that leaves you heartbroken. And then you're like. Well, fuck, now you're like falling into depression. You're probably masturbating a lot, watching porn and shit like that. You're just sad all the fucking time. Like, that, that's why I say you should date like a woman where you have multiple options and then she has to be made to stand out above the other options that are available to you. And I always say when you're building a harem, you got to be honest. I have never lied to women. I never tell them like that I'm being monogamous. You know what I mean? I tell them monogamy is earned. And that if she wanted me to be monogamous, she could earn my monogamy. But until then, like she would have to earn it and I have to see. Because money earned is uh is better spent than money found. If you if you find a twenty dollar bill, you're gonna spend it on dumb shit. You didn't have to do anything. If you had to do an hour of menial, hard working, back breaking labor, that twenty dollars is gonna stretch, you're gonna appreciate it more. So you need to be the twenty dollars that she worked for, not the twenty dollars she found. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, and, and with that, so with the being honest, there, there's there's honesty and then there's like lying through omission. And then there's kind of like, there's, there's, there's a gray area. So 
I don't boast and tell them, oh, yeah, I'm dating other women. I'm hooking up with other women. I'm doing this because at least the way I approach it, I don't always have a harem, hotation, whatever you want to uh, call having multiple women that you're dating, seeing, hooking up with is not the point of it for me isn't to just hook up with them. My end goal is to end up in a relationship with someone to have monogamy. I understand being older, that's what I want. I want someone that I can know that I'm going to be able to trust, know that I'll be able to share my life with and also have great and amazing sex. But the way I have to approach it is dating multiple women, varying age groups. So I'm in my 40s and the women I date can be anywhere from their 20s through their 50s. And it's not, again, not the point of it isn't to hook up with them and hook up with as many women as possible, but it's to keep me, keep myself from getting too emotionally attached to one woman and end up being heartbroken or being sad or being depressed because, oh, she decided to leave me because either she finds out that I'm dating other women or she decides to leave me because she thinks I'm taking too long to take her seriously to be in a relationship or whatever multiple reasons it could be that, you know, she decides to leave or I decide to let go of her. So then I'm not hung up on her. I can just keep moving on and go through the motions because women in general have different time frames, And it's not just, uh, you know, a certain age group. There's some women in their 50s that are DTF on before you even get to know their name. Others will be more traditional and make you wait a few months before you can get into pants. Whereas there's also 20-year-old women or women in their 20s that same thing, DTF on the first night before you get to know their name or right after the first date. And others, that will make you wait at least to the third date, maybe a few more. But again, for me, it isn't about getting in their pants. It's getting to know them and find out if they're going to be a good match for me, meet the criteria that I want for a relationship. And that way, again, I don't get hurt or too hung up on one and put too much effort in one without knowing her value for me as a girlfriend, which there's got to be a lot of checkboxes filled. But I like your idea about the nesting doll, that they, they grow into being relationship material, wifey material. Yeah, I always looked at it like that because before I used to think of it like boxes where like she could move categories, but then I guess I thought about it and the nesting doll was better because like I said, it, it let's be honest, most, mm, all right, like 90% of men talk to women because they're hot. So that gives you the smallest nesting doll already is that we find you attractive. You know what I mean? Now that doesn't mean, because you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, whatever. So, you know, what, what you find hot, maybe other people don't, but you find this person attractive for whatever reason. That's the smallest nesting doll. So you just find her attractive. And then, you know, it's a cumulative. Just like with you, you know what I'm saying? She's looking at you as a nesting doll also. And especially a lot with modern dating and stuff like that, women tend to look for, let's, let's say women have five boxes that need to be checked, right? They got five boxes and they'll just get five one box motherfuckers. Like they got, you know what I'm saying? Like they got one guy because he looks good. They got one guy because he got good dick. They got another one that pays their bills. You know what I mean? Like they, they just have one box motherfuckers and they got five of them. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> instead of trying to work and look for somebody that maybe has closer to like three, maybe four and kind of, you know, not necessarily giving up on the last box, but having a little bit of leeway where like, well, how important is that fucking box really? You know what I mean? Whereas in... I don't think that uh, I don't think that you should ever like for uh, for for guys at least I'm speaking of from personal experience. I don't think that you should ever um, have to negotiate something. You know what I mean? Like if you find something like if you don't like your girl going to clubs, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if to you, that's a deal breaker. You shouldn't have to bend on that. You know what I mean? Now, just know that, you know, she might not want to stop going to the clubs. And that's fine. Like I said, I'm, me, myself, I, I'm not a dictator. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not her father. I'm not her priest. You know what I mean? I'm not her master. She can do whatever she wants to. But I always, I always let them know. I'm like, hey, listen, girls that I take serious don't do said action that I don't like. So if she does that said action, now you know, you let me know. You don't want me to take you serious. So again, you're not going to move up in the nesting doll category because you obviously don't want me to take you serious. You know what I mean? You're the one keeping yourself in this in this bracket instead of moving on up because I told you I don't like this and you continue to do this anyway. And I, I think that it's important to set boundaries. And I think so also for women. If you see something that your man, that, that he does that you don't like, like if he's a fucking bum and you're like, hey, I don't like that you're a bum. Like, you know, I, I wish that you were a little bit more ambitious or whatever. And you don't want to deal with that. You don't have to tolerate that shit. You don't have to tolerate anything you don't want to put up with in a, in a relationship. Setting boundaries, you also have to enforce them. That That's another thing that I found that women, regardless of what their uh, ideologies are, because some women are feminists, died in the wool, you know, feminists and all the other things that go along with that. Anything that you can imagine, whatever you picture in your head. But I've dated women who are self-proclaimed feminists that will, you know, fight for equal rights and fight for all the things that feminists usually do. And whenever I'm dating them, you know, they have their, the term that gets tossed around a lot is like have that masculine energy. If you, I'm cool. You can be a boss bitch in your job, but with me, you're going to act and behave this way. And, you know, they'll try to rebuff that and try to like push back and, and, you know, push the edge of my boundaries. And I'll let them know, Hey, you know, you are replaceable. And a lot of women don't realize it until I kind of point it out to them, you know, and what, one thing that I like to do, especially now, it's so easy now with, with Instagram is tell them, okay, open up Instagram. You open it up. It's like, find me a big titty blonde chick. Just doesn't matter her race, just big titties and blonde. Find me one. And they'll scroll around in less than a minute. They can find a dozen page full of them. Okay. Find me a big booty Latina. Find me this. Find me that. I'll, I'll give them like three just random things about physical attributes of women that are highly attractive or at least commonly attractive to most males. Okay. Find me a six figure guy, regardless of what he looks, find me a six figure guy on Instagram and they'll be there for 20, 30 minutes and can't figure out how to find a guy that has six figures. And at first they'll show me a guy that's got a, you know, some kind of Ferrari or some kind of whatever. And I was like, he could have rented that. He could have borrowed that. He could just be posing in front of it. How do you know it's his? And so then they're searching and searching and searching. Like, see, that's the point is that a high value man and not high value the way it gets tossed around, but a man that has been on his grind and has his career set in front of him and has a higher net worth. Those are more rare than any physical attribute that you can find in a woman. So that's why men are the prize. And if you want a man like that, you can't just be this random thought because you're a dime a dozen and that you, that like just blows their mind. And either they want to have an argument or fight or they realize, okay, I better behave with Gail because I want him to still see me and still treat me the way he does. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. I, I had never heard this before, but, uh, well, not recently. It's been fucking shit months now. I had, I had went out, right. With some friends or whatever. We're chopping it up. We see these girls. We'll go to go hit on them or whatever. And we're just kind of talking. And then I guess just sort of like naturally it kind of came up. And she was like, let me guess, you consider yourself a 
high value man. And I'm like, well, why is being a high value man derogatory? I was like, think about the attributes that a high value man has. He's ambitious. He makes money. He knows what he wants. He's good with women. I was like, I'm waiting to hear like a bad attribute about a quote unquote high value man. Like she said it so sarcastically and uh, like demeaning where I was like, why is that a bad thing when that's exactly what you want from a man? And then she was trying to tell me, and we had sort of like a 20 minute discussion about how she's like, that's not true. That's not what I want. And I was like, so you don't want your dude to pay. You don't want your dude to open your door. You don't want this. You don't want that. You want a bum that lives in his mom's basement that smokes weed and jacks off all day. That's what you want. And she's like, well, no, but like we can split the bill and we can do this. And it's like the modern quote unquote, you know, uh, feminism, where it's like, I can do my own shit. And I'm like, yeah, you can, but yet you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need no man. And yet you're still looking for one. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think that women, I think to, to women's detriment and to men's detriment, women think that they have more options than they do, which gives them a skewed sense in the dating world. Whereas in men think they have way less options than they do. They don't realize how common this girl next door that they're crushing on actually is. You know what I mean? Like they don't see it like that. They're like, oh my God, Brittany's the only one. She's the only uh, blonde haired woman for me. And it's like, I can find you 30 Britneys like walking down the freeway right now. I can literally just walk and find 30 Britneys. You know what I'm saying? Whereas in like how you said, it's hard to find a guy. It's hard to find a boogie. You know what I mean? And I'm not just saying that like, you know, braggadociously or whatever. But I'm saying, I know what I can offer a woman, you know what I'm saying, in a relationship. I understand that the the qualities and the things that I bring to a relationship. But that's why I say, man, I'm like, as a guy, you have to understand your last name should mean something to you. Because if it doesn't mean shit to you, it's not going to mean shit to her. And like I said, my last name's all I got, which is why it means a lot to me. And she has to earn the right to have that last name. You know what I mean? She's got to earn that ring. She's got to earn getting her bills paid. You know what I'm saying? And just like she makes you earn that box. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, she's she going to make you earn that box. You're going to have to work for that motherfucker. That shit ain't free. Not always. Well, yeah. You, sometimes you work a lot less. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, some it's a nine to five. Other ones, you know what I mean? You just show up and, you know, fill out your name and you're done. But. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, she's she going to make you work for the box to a certain extent. And so you should make her work for the relationship. Again, just kind of going back to that. All right, well, we kind of discussed guy building a harem. Let's talk about keeping a harem. That is even harder to do because so you, you'll, you'll, or at least in my, my shoes, the way I operate would be, you know, dating a couple women um, could be three, as few as three and as many as 10. Um, usually it's about five for me. And that's, I guess just the way things work out and all the numbers, whatever, but the way I do it to be able to keep it is, you know, I got my job, I got my career and, you know, whenever they text me, I know enough to be able to respond. Hey, you know, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I keep track of who they are. You know, I, I do, it, it is work to keep a harem and it's not, again, not about hooking up and, and getting all the sex you can, but you have to have put in the work to pay attention to them and remember, okay, this girl, she likes um, being called baby girl. She likes being called this. She likes being called that. She likes having pet names. This other one wants to know about my day. She wants to know about my work, wants to know how she can help me de-stress later. 
and not again not about sex but like you know cooking me a meal giving me a massage anything like that this other woman um she wants my opinion on anything that she wants to do like she wants she values my opinion on what how she should decorate her house or how she could uh whether she should get her car washed or do whatever so keeping paying attention to their individual needs or individual uh quirks that they like in texting and keeping a conversation they also realize that i have a job and i have a career so i'm not going to be able to respond to them so when i don't respond to them immediately i'm not playing games of like oh she texted me so i have to make her wait two hours and 17 minutes before i reply you know i respond when i can because i'm busy doing my thing and they realize that on top of that you know when i say hey what are you doing tonight I, it's kind of like a blast text where it's like each one, whoever I've been talking to the most or whoever I miss the most or want to see the most, um, that I have the most desire to see that night, I'll text her first. And then I'll wait a few minutes. If I don't get a response, I'll text the next one and move on down. And then essentially the first to reply that they're available, that's who I'll see that night. And of course, the ones that make themselves most available to me is the ones that I'll see the most more frequently and keep on going. So eventually, the others don't get as much of attention because of the five I'm seeing, three always want to see me Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, sometimes on Sunday, whatever. And then one of them realizes, oh, I'm only seeing him on Thursdays and Sundays. I want him on a Friday or Saturday night, so I drop him. So then I'm down to two. And then between those two, then it kind of just, they filter themselves out is the way I call it. And it's still i don't have that emotional attachment to them that oh shit i lost one what am i going to do and sometimes i won't even bother looking for more to replace the ones that i've lost i'll stay with the two that i have because i'm focused on these two and i can see a relationship developing with these two and there's no sense starting from zero with a new one and so again the whole point is to find a lasting relationship and you have to know what your values are that you want in a relationship for me personally i prefer traditional gender roles I want a woman that can cook. And I'm not talking about throwing stuff in the microwave. I'm talking about that can cook a Thanksgiving meal. It doesn't have to be from scratch, but can throw one together. And it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving all the time. We can go out to eat every now and again. She can cook breakfast. She can cook more than one dish per meal. And I'm no slouch in the kitchen. I don't expect someone to be uh, better than me, but at least be as good as me in what I can do. I was raised to take care of myself by my mom because she knew that I was going to be on my own. But she also expected me to, or wanted me to expect to be treated like a king, because at the end of the day, when I settle with someone, it should be someone that can be my equal, and we can uh, complement each other. So again, my goal at the end of the day is to have a lasting relationship, and I have to go through all these motions, because modern day society doesn't push for getting married in your 20s, and having a lifetime together, it's, eh, you piss me off. Yeah, it's sort of like that instant gratification instead of delayed gratification, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, we get that from society, video games, TikTok, you know what I mean? Think about it, the people's attention spans are getting way smaller, and yet somehow movies are getting longer. I don't know how the fuck that happens, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but keeping, listen, keeping a harem is hard work, okay? Uh Back when I was keeping a harem more consistently, I had like, I think the most I ever had was seven, like at, at one time. And it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of time. It's, 
it can get expensive the more that you have. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily have to because I'm not, again, I'm not taking them all out to like these big plush dates and stuff like that. But it 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 will add up eventually. You know what I mean? But it's it's time consuming, especially some of them. Like you said, they're, they're going to want more attention. They're like, why am I only being sent on Wednesdays? Like, why is he never available on Saturdays? Because, again, like you said, you have to treat them equally. So, like, one thing that I used to do, right, I, I would have my phone on silent. And they would be like, oh, you're trying to hide something. I'm like, I'm not trying to hide shit. You go through my phone, whatever you want to. You you won't be upset about what you find, but you could go through it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to bother me. I said, but I'm going to show you respect by not being on my phone. And I expect the same respect. Because... <clears throat> Because I'm not going to be texting all these uh, other women while I'm with you. I'm going to respect you. I'm giving you my full undivided attention all my time. So that way you know that you are important to me. You know what I mean? And some of them will get pissed off and they'd be like, well, then let me see the phone. I'm like, here, it's my birthday. There you go. You can open it up. And they'll do it or whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? And they'll open it up or whatever. And then they'll see me talking to other girls and they're like, oh my God, how many girls are you talking to? And I'm like... Listen, one, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. That's always a big rule of mine. Because if you ask, I will answer. But you get one warning. Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. And that, that's why I said I believe in honesty. I, I know some other guys that they'll have a harem that they won't be 100% honest. They'll just kind of, you know, like, I don't want to say play around, but kind of play around. You know what I mean? When they'll be like, oh, like a girl ask them, like, oh, how many sexual partners have you had? And they'll be like, a thousand 1,072, you want to be 1,073? You know, kind of just like throwing a dumbass number out there with there where she's just like, okay, so he's good with women, but, you know, he's not going to tell me. And then there's other times that, like I said, I I believe you can be honest and you can tell her a number, you know what I mean? I I, I, I don't keep track, you know what I mean? Like, that to me, that's not a... Because uh, I think that after a while, and, I, you know, we talk about this off podcast, after a while, after you you get so good with getting with women and like you've been with us, you know, whatever to you is a lot in your mind. It doesn't matter so much anymore where it's like, well, I don't really give a fuck about getting these notches on my belt, on my bedpost, whatever you want to call it. It's not as important. It doesn't hold that same, like, you know, like, uh, regard. And, but you know, you see it when you go out, like I'll go out sometimes and you know, these guys will see me with a hot chick and shit like that. Or I'll be there by myself. And then like, I pick up a hot chick. And other guys just like naturally gravitate towards me because they're like, oh man, I see you out here doing your thing. Blah, blah. And I'm like, why are y'all impressed, bro? Like this shit is not even impressive. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just being me. Like this isn't anything. But then you kind of realize how a lot of guys actually have a hard time getting a woman and then especially keeping a woman because like I said, they kind of blow their wad on this one woman instead of like how you said, kind of diversifying your attention and your your love and stuff like that to where it's like, Okay, I can't get too emotionally attached to, you know, just random names. Uh, I can't get too emotionally attached with Sarah because I got to go see Jessica tomorrow. You know what I mean? And even though I like both of them, Melinda also treats me really nice. And, you know, Jackie over here does her her thing. And then, you know, uh, you know, uh, just another random name, whatever the fuck. Like I said, you just, you don't get yourself too attached because you're like, they're all showing me good qualities. And then, like you said, they'll wean themselves out, man. I've had some that... After like three weeks, they want a relationship. And I'm like, listen, man, like, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? Like, you got to kind of earn it. And I think that we should date for like six months to a year type shit. Kind of just, you know, until we put a title on it. And a lot of women get upset. They're like, 
that's bullshit. If it takes you six months to a year to realize you want to be with me, then I'm wasting my time. And I was like, well, that sucks that you feel like being with me for a year is a waste of your time. I was like, I thought that what we had was a good thing. You know what I mean? And a lot of women don't want to wait that long because, again, they see themselves as the prize where they're like, motherfucker, I'm one of one where, unfortunately to say, a lot of them are kind of cookie, you know, cookie little cutouts since this is going to be the holidays. They're little gingerbread men all cut out of the same mold. And it's like, but I'm special. And it's like, are you though? Like, I've met a hundred women that are just like you. You know what I mean? Whereas in like, I'm actually special. I got my... I got my own money. I got my own ride. I got my own shit. You know what I'm saying? I can I can provide for you, like to the point where, like, if you lost your job for a couple months, like you'd be fine, type shit. Whereas, like, you you couldn't, wouldn't, and nor should you do that for a man. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm also very traditional. I like my girl to cook. I like my girl to know how to clean. I was raised by my grandmother. My grandma taught me how to do everything. I was like, well, she didn't teach me that, but you know, she had me learn from my dad to do everything outside the house. She said the outside of the house is for the men, the inside of the house is for the women. I learned how to how to clean a roof, I learned how to rake, I learned how to cut grass, you know what I mean? Trim trees. Uh you know, useful fucking shit. I learned how to barbecue, change my own oil, stuff like that. Anything outside the house, I learned how to do. I didn't learn how to sweep a fucking floor till I went to prison. And they wanted me fired. Everybody was so pissed. <laughs> Look, man, they made me nighttime SSI for those of y'all that have never been to prison because you actually are functioning members of society. Uh, they would have me every night while everybody else was asleep. They'd give me a broom and a mop, and they would have me sweep and mop. I've never done this shit in my life. In my life, Gallo. And now all of a sudden I'm forced to do this every day for 52 other grown-ass men. That shit sucked. And eventually, this one guy literally was like, listen, man. I'm just going to do it because you fucking suck. He's like, I'm just going to do it myself. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I'll, I'll chuck you a soup or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I don't think that was the reason my mom taught me, but it was more of she expected me to, you know, have a queen to take care of me. But she knew that I wasn't going to get married right out of high school. So wherever I end up between high school and the time I get married, I would have to figure that out on my own. So instead of being a dumbass and fucking up my own place, because she wasn't going to come and clean for me, I had to do it for myself. So like at seven, I was learning how to sort laundry. And by eight, I was doing my own laundry. And by 10, I could cook a meal like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and adding more little things. And so, you know, it's valuable school. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to be the house husband. It's just, I need to be able to take care of myself because, hey, maybe your wife goes into labor and, you know, She's in the hospital for a couple of days. Well, you're going to have to clean up and you're going to have to cook for yourself. So, you know, those kind of things, I think that was the reason my mom taught me. Who knows? She's not with us anymore. But, um, you know, back to what you were saying a little bit earlier about, you know, telling her, you know, uh, about, you know, you don't have to go through my phone is that you want to, you can, but you're, you're in the respect of putting your phone down. Um, you know, I'll do the same thing. I, my phone's down. And if she picks it up, I told her, Hey, do you have any kids? And, you know, usually before then I already know, but you know, do you have any kind of family emergency or anything you're worried about? Like, okay. Well, if she says no, all right, put your phone down. Me and you are here together. I want your attention, not your phone. I don't want to be sharing attention with your phone. You want to play on your phone? Fine. I'll get up and leave. And again, that's going back to setting and maintaining boundaries. And some girls will test me. They'll be like, oh yeah, sure. Whatever. They get back on their phone. I just get up and leave. 
And of course, then they're texting me and blowing me up that they want me to come back. They're so sorry. They didn't think I was serious. Other women, yes, sir. Or not yes, sir, but, you know, that kind of attitude. They put their phone down and, you know, they're, I guess, intrigued by having that kind of attention because most people are used to having to share their attention between a person and a phone all the time. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, but I noticed the most problem that women tend to have is like when they feel like you're stopping their fun. That's when they get the most pissed off if you like tell them to do something. Or it's like, again, it's not really telling them to do anything. It's more like, well, no, yeah, yeah. some things I am telling them, but there's other shit that like if I don't like something, right? Like if I see some dude and she's like, oh, this is my friend, automatic red flag. I'm like, hey, listen, I don't really feel comfortable with you hanging out with that dude. You know what I'm saying? Whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't expect a fucking question after that. It's like, oh, that makes you uncomfortable. I understand. I won't do that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, thank you. That's perfect. All I wanted. I appreciate that. That that really helps me. Let me take you out somewhere. I don't buy gifts either. Unless, again, gifts are earned. I don't buy flowers unless it's like you did something impeccable. Like you made me something to eat. Maybe you might have cleaned something up around the house or who knows? Maybe I just got some good head and I think you deserve some flowers. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 earned in all seriousness. And, you know, doing something like that for me because you realize it makes me uncomfortable and you don't want me to feel uncomfortable, you stop doing something that I don't like. And that's always appreciated. And again, you can keep doing it. But just know if you continue to do this action that I blatantly told you I do not like and I will not condone or tolerate, then just know when I fucking leave or, you know, again, because I know some dudes that because me, I'm, I'm very bold. I cut somebody off fucking quick. Uh, sometimes some dudes, they won't say shit. They'll just kind of peep it and be like, OK, you obviously are going to do whatever the fuck you want anyway. So I'm going to do my own thing over here on the side with this little shorty over here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm never going to tell you about it. And then when you find out and you all fucked up, I'm going to be like, oh, that's crazy how I'm doing something you don't like. And you asking me to stop, but I'm not going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I'm not saying be petty, but you can be petty. It's like, you know, you you attack logic. <laughs> well, because my thing is this. It's like logic. You know what I mean? Because if you say something and then it's with the exact same logic that they just had, they look dumbfounded. They're like, it's not the same. That's my, oh my God. If I had a quarter, Gaio, if I had a quarter for every time I heard it's not the same. I would be a fucking millionaire. I'd be Andrew Tate. I'd be here bald and shirtless right now, Gaio. Because I'd have all my time to just get yacked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah, I've, I've heard that or variation of, and it is just a prime example of that. You know, oh, it's not the same. Um, so a couple of days ago on Reddit, uh, this guy, he's in his 30s, and you, and you can check my receipts. Sucias are my favorite, all one word, all spelled correctly on Reddit. Um, dating advice, ask dating, ask men, something like that. Uh, this guy in his early 30s was dating or is dating a woman in her early 20s, like 26, 27. She has two kids. Uh, she's flaked on him twice. They've hooked up. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't know where to go with her or how to, how to treat it. You know, should it be, should he invest more time in her to make her realize who she, who he is? Or just, you know, ignore it or whatever. And I told him, hey, don't don't invest your time. You know, don't invest your time because, you know, don't be a stepdad to another man's kids. And because you're not going to be first. At the end of the day, if you end up breaking up, you're not just breaking up with her. You're breaking up with the kids. And if you get, if you like kids, you get too attached to them. It's going to hurt you 
three ways. You know, it's going to hurt you because losing your, losing the girlfriend. It's going to hurt you having to lose those kids. And then, you know, you feel like you're missing out because you're this father figure, but now you don't have kids that you can, like, still see on the weekends because they're not yours. Um, someone else had commented on that same thread of, like, uh, yeah, no, just just be glad that, you know, she keeps you in her life because you're gonna always going to be third in her life. And I'm just like, why would you put yourself in that situation that you would be third in someone else's life? Like, he's he has to accept that he's going to be third, but she's going to expect him to put her first. Why would you do that? And, you know, th- this is, you know, another crazy story about Gallo is that I was going to college for a while to become a pastor. <clears throat> Ran out of money, but the thing with that is some of the stuff that I learned is about um, like a Christian foundation for relationships. One of the things there is, uh, and in the New Testament, how a husband and wife should be treating to each other. And the husband should be like JC, and the wife should be like the church, the church, the body of Christ, where JC, uh, or sorry, the church is there to serve the Lord. But in return, JC is there to protect and even lay down his life for the wife, because that's how much love you should have for each other. Just like that saying, there's no man, no greater love for another man than to lay down his life for them. And so on that same concept is that the point of it being husband and wife, mother and father, couple should always put each other first before life, before relationships, before the kids. Granted, of course, kids are going to have emergencies. Kids are going to have something crazy going on at school. They're going to get hurt, whatever. But overall, the parents should be coming first because when those kids grow up and leave the house, if you don't, if you put all your attention on those kids and not on each other, when they leave, you're going to have an empty nest and you're not going to have love for each other. And a lot of times you might have even heard or seen about this where the parents get divorced or we're just going to wait for the kids to leave the house and they get divorced because we don't love each other. It's not that you don't love each other is that you didn't put the work and effort to love each other because love is work. It's not just, Oh, we're in love and we're fine. We're dandy. You know, you can't just work out and get a bodybuilder body. Like, okay, I got a bodybuilder body. Now um, I'm good. You're going to get fat. You're going to get flabby because you're not maintaining it. You have to maintain that just like a body or physique, whatever type of fitness model you want to end up being. You have to keep maintaining the work. You have to maintain it at a certain level. You can't just let it slide and let it grow. And so again, This is the importance of having a lasting relationship and putting in the effort to do that. This is why I do my dating as a harem or having a rotation or whatever anyone wants to call it. And it's not to be callous. It's not to be uh, subjugating women or having them be less than because I think of them a certain way. It's because society has a low standard for what relationships can be. And I have a high standard for myself and for my partner. Yeah, and you you always got to have standards, man. And like I said, you can't, you can't abandon your principles for somebody because, again, if if you set a boundary and she sees that boundary, she's looking at it, she's like, that's the boundary. Do not cross that boundary. And she's going to get as close to it as she fucking can. And then if you move that boundary back, then she's going to be like, well, I can get a little bit closer. And she's going to keep on creeping and creeping and creeping. And then next thing you know, man, you're inside of a tight circle where you have no more boundaries. She has no respect for you. And she's basically... For lack of a better term, fucking cucking you out in every aspect of your fucking life. You know what I mean? Where she's just blatantly disrespectful, does whatever the fuck she wants. And, you know, that's that's not love. That's abuse. And, you know, you should never be in an abusive relationship. You know, fun fun story. Now, side note, cucking is okay as long as you're into it. But 
don't let someone force you to be a cuck. Yeah, exactly. That's coming from the kink community, guys. It's coming from the kink community. Don't believe the bullshit in Fifty Shades of Garbage, okay? Me and Guy are protesting. We're protesting Fifty Shades of Garbage. <laughs> but, no, yeah, man. Like I said, yeah, cucking's okay if you're all right with it. But, again, that's what I'm saying. Being forced to, to forcibly move your boundaries without your okay and without your say-so, that's never okay. You know what I'm saying? Because if it was the other way around, all her friends would tell her, girl, he's manipulative. He's abusive. He's, he's fucked up. He's making you change who you are. Like, that's not fair. Or it's like, you, you should never want to change your partner fundamentally. But there are certain things that sometimes need to be separated. Because there's a single version of women and then there's a relationship version of women. And I think that you trying to make her into the best relationship version, there's nothing wrong with that. Because some women, they want to be in a relationship because they want the security of a relationship, but they still want to be able to be single and act single and shit like that. I'm sorry, that, that ain't how it work over here. Not over here, not at Black Talk KK, okay? Not on over here. Not at Susie's are my favorite. Not today, not tomorrow. Not maybe next week. But that's just crazy, yo, to me. It's like, if you want to live a single lifestyle... Be single. I don't begrudge you whatsoever. But don't be out here preaching, talking about, I want to be in a relationship. But you don't show any fundamental respect for what it takes to be in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? You want to be in a relationship? I'm a, ladies, if y'all listening, I'm going to give y'all some game. You want to be in a relationship? You don't need all these male friends. You don't need to be out at the club every night with your ass, uh, with your fucking ass half out. You know what I mean? You don't need to be entertaining other individuals. Like that's the only thing that men want is, is loyalty. And the thing is, they're like, well, that's not fair because you can do whatever you want. And it's like, I think that we have an exchange. You know what I mean? From women, we want loyalty. I think fundamentally. And from us, just to kind of blanket it, they want security. You know what I'm saying? Physical security, emotional security, financial security. You know what I'm saying? She wants to know that if we go out and somebody tries to grab her ass, I'm on his shit. You know what I'm saying? That's my promise to you if we're in a relationship. It's like, hey, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to provide for you. You you will be taken care of. And if we have children, our children will be uh, taken care of as well. I can provide sustenance for all of y'all and myself. Where from you, all I want you to do is be loyal and don't be out here disrespecting me, making me look like a fool. When you're like, babe, come to the club with me tonight. And then I go there and everybody's snickering because they're like, ooh, there goes Superhead with her man. Like, no, but don't nobody want that shit. No, not at all. Um, kind of on that note with like, you know, the, the whole loyalty thing and, and the security, uh, which was kind of like the idea behind this, this harem episode because it was just kind of reminded me recently is, you know, this girl I was talking to seeing, you know, hooking up with, uh, she sat down and she just kind of asked me, Hey, you know, so how many other women you've seen? I was like, do you really want the answer to that? And she goes, yeah, I do. Because I guess in her mind, she thought, you know, she was so good and so badass in the bedroom and not, not, not really badass, but that she, anything I wanted her to do, she word the word no did not come out of her mouth whenever it came to the bedroom stuff. And I'm talking about, anything I wanted. And I'm a socio for 20 years in the BDSM kink community. There's a lot 
that I can get a woman to do, or there's a lot of pushback I get from women most often than not. And this one, no, never came out of her mouth. So I guess she thought because she was so accommodating in the bedroom that I would be like, oh shit, you know, you're the one for me and I'm, I'm going to put all my effort into you. And I was like, no, I'm, I am seeing other women. Well, how many? <laughs> like, you're, you're treading dangerous ground. I am not going to lie to you. So I, I gave her the answer. And then she kind of sat there. She couldn't believe that I could give her the amount of attention that she was getting because it wasn't just for sex. It was also texts, phone calls, um, you know, uh, FaceTime, you know, whatever. You know, I would make myself available to her outside of work, outside of all the stuff that I was doing. And she couldn't believe that I could have my career and dedicate myself to her because it wasn't that much a day. It was maybe 30 minutes a day, every other day that I would pay attention to her. And then when I would see her, but she, I guess, I don't know what, what was going on in her mind. Cause I didn't, I didn't bother questioning her. And so she got upset and I told her, you know, this is why I do this. This is the way I operate. And you know, I'm not going to stop seeing one or the other because of this. We can still keep, can keep seeing each other the way we are. We can still have our fun or we can cut it off now. And when I said cut it off now, she went from her, she had a, a look on her face of being angry and like, well, you know, you say the wrong thing and this is it. This is over with. And when I said, I'm okay with losing you, then she realized, oh shit, you know, he still has two others he can play with or, you know, a few others that he can play with. So maybe I should make him want me more. And then her attitude changed. And then she was like, well, what if we started doing X, Y, and Z? And she was very submissive, but not in the, in the Dom way, more in the traditional housewife way of, you know, trying to be accommodating, accommodating is a better word. And so when she started behaving like that, I was like, okay, maybe this one, you know, really should have deserved more of my time. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Well, Hey man, another great episode down in the books for Block Talk and El Gallo Chingon. You know what I mean? The chivalrous chauvinist, as he likes to say. And uh, yeah, like I said, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, dude. I know normally we do a longer episode, but I got to get to bed. I've been working a lot of overtime trying to get this promotion. If y'all are watching, give it to me. I work hard. But anyway, <laughs> uh, now that your eardrums have been uh, satisfied, uh, Please tell everybody, man, social media and everything that they can follow you, uh, your podcast, let them know about your website, everything and everywhere they can find you, brother. Yeah, it's super easy. Sucias, S-U-C-I-A-S dot X-Y-Z is the website. You can find me there. You can find my Reddit. You can text me. Like, I'll, I'll answer. I ain't afraid. You want to come at me? I bring the heat. I ain't scared. But if you have any questions, if you need any help, I have no problem trying to help guys out to be better with relationships, be better with women. And women as well. I also help a few uh, get into relationships, more of locking down the guys that they're with and just kind of changing their their frame of mind and how they see uh, relationships because a lot of women often think that men want the same things women want. So they talk about you know their money, their career, and their jobs. And I, I'm, I'm here to let you know, ladies, we don't care about that because it's your money at the end of the day. We can't touch it. It's not going to be for us. I mean, maybe you'll buy us a PS5, but after that, what are you going to get us a PS6? I mean, still, you know, we're talking about years in between. So there's a lot of things that you can do to make yourself more attractive to men in general. And it's really simple, you know, keep our balls empty and our bellies full and 
you can lock down any man you want, but it takes some effort. Any case, thanks for listening. I love you guys and look forward to being back here again because I love my boy jo- Josh. Boogie. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, I know I'm pale. I didn't know I was Josh pale. <laughs> You're like, I love my boy Brendan. <laughs> Thaddeus. Yeah. My boy Tyler's great. Um, <laughs> well, hey, man, thanks for coming on, dude. I always, uh, I always appreciate it, man. I know the audience appreciates it, and uh, looking forward to do definitely doing more episodes, man. I, you know, we'll definitely talk off podcasts and stuff like that. But, uh, thank you guys once again for listening, man. Make sure that you check out Sushi's are my favorite. If you want to follow us, the Instagram is uh, at Cement Block Productions. Well, Cement Block underscore Productions. Excuse me. I'm trying to get that other guy to sell me Cement Block Productions, and he's being a real butthole about it. But anyway, Cement Block underscore Productions. And, uh, you know, block talk, BLO, KK talk. And uh, thank you guys so much, not only to Gaio, but to all the guests that we've ever had on that are a huge help, man. Uh, This has been it for me. I'm Boogie. That's Gaio. And uh, we'll see y'all next week, man.